in, uh, in the global response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, you know, India was one of the handful of countries that really refused to be pushed into, corralled into condemning the Russian action. In fact, acting against Russian interests. Uh, and that's been puzzling given sort of how good India's relations are currently with the US, uh, better than they've ever been. Uh, and that's what sort of we'll be talking about in this conversation. Hello, uh, I'm Varun Sani, Professor of International Politics uh, at Jawaharlal Nehru in New Delhi. Uh, and I am in conversation with uh, an esteemed friend and colleague, uh, uh, Professor Amitabh Mattu. Uh, so let me invite uh, Amitabh into this conversation. Thank you, Varun. And I um, am Professor of Disarmament Studies at the School of International Studies. And it's wonderful to have this conversation with you, Varun. And uh, may I just respond by saying that it did surprise me as well. Um, although given India's long-standing relationship with Russia, its dependence on Russian oil, given also the fact that India's armed forces depend heavily on Russian arms manufacturers, still the proximity with the United States was such that I wouldn't have thought that India would take the stand. Uh, but uh, it somehow reflects the fact that India's own sense of itself, its strategic autonomy, plus all these interests uh, ob obviously played a major role in, in positioning India's policy towards the Ukrainian crisis. What do you think? Yeah, no, in fact, I in a, in a recent piece, sort of, I used alliterative license to sort of characterize it as history, high techs, and hydrocarbons, which sort of pretty much seem to be the three factors. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it, this has to be seen really in the context of India's perpetual sort of quest for strategic autonomy, uh, which really goes back, uh, I would argue, to the, uh, you know, to the founding of, uh, you know, the Indian Republic, really to the emergence of India as a sovereign territorial state. Uh, and, uh, you know, a consciousness uh, always of being far too big uh, to be under the security umbrella of, of any other state or, you know, indeed in that sense, even a part of a security community. Um, so, so, you know, uh, for, uh, for me, in some ways, it's, it's sort of very interestingly now reviving a new form of non-alignment. What do you think? I, I, I tend to agree with you. In some ways, it does reflect a sense of Indian exceptionalism as well. And the debate about uh, non-alignment 2.0 coincided with the rise of China and the kind of choices or the mannequin choices that that rise seemed to offer. Do you, uh, do you take sides with the United States or China or do you try and navigate the relationship um, which, uh, uh, which India seemed to be doing successfully in the last few years? But of recent, you have seen a more belligerent China. And I know, having read your paper, that you have a different take in terms of perhaps not just bandwagoning or balancing the kind of choices that traditional IR offers you, but in terms of hedging and transcending. Would you like to explore that further? Sure. So the, so the thing is this, you know, uh, if, if sort of the emerging future of the Indo-Pacific is, is bipolar, as indeed the emerging future of sort of global politics is bipolar, uh, then Beijing and Washington are going to be the two polar powers. India is going to be a great power itself. Uh, you know, in other words, a state with system-shaping capabilities, system-shaping intentions, but it's not going to be a polar power. So in those circumstances, you know, one option is simply a hedging strategy, uh, which is, you know, in, in a period of strategic uncertainty, uh, 
power transition, sort of, you know, to not put all your eggs in one basket. But I suspect that there's something more than that going on here. You know, given the nature of the current sort of Indian leadership, uh, its own proactive approach to world affairs, I suspect the strategy is more sort of a transcending strategy, which really is about states, uh, a state, uh, you know, not getting, you know, involved in power politics, but trying to, in effect, actively rise above it, uh, you know, uh, and sort of try to, in some ways, mitigate the negative effects of uh, of, of, of hardcore balance of power politics. Uh, you know, so so that then would mean in the, in the context of the Indo-Pacific, uh, you know, trying to really create a new kind of a Helsinki type of process, uh, you know, some sort of a cooperative security process, which may or may not work. Uh, but it, I think it would be very much in India's interest to, to, to try to see if that can be done. I mean, I intellectually, I find your argument uh, uh, attractive and interesting, and it does kind of have a convergence um, with India's own uh, understanding of strategic autonomy or non-alignment 2.0, 3.0, should we say. But I still find the fact of a belligerent China on the rise as a next-door neighbor with unsettled disputes not uh, conducive to a cooperative security model in the Indo-Pacific. Um, and uh, I suspect that sooner or later India will have to choose sides. Normatively, I would have liked to agree with you um, almost completely, but I suspect that the reality of what we are facing today might be more difficult and more challenging. True, true. I'm not blind to power politics, but I think this is something that uh, you know may have to be attempted. Uh, we'll just have to wait and watch. A lot depends, obviously, on how China turns out. Uh, 